You want to go to heaven? I, I know you think that's silly right here. We're here together today. Why else would we not? You know, we're here to go to heaven. That's in our mind. That's our full goal to go and be with God one day. I read the story of a preacher who asked that question, such as I did just then, do you want to go to heaven? Asked it at the beginning of his lesson. Do you want to go to heaven? If you do, raise your hand, and I'm not asking you to, but I know where one of you would. If you want to go to heaven, raise your hand. And everybody in the building raised their hand, but you know what? Guy in the back did not. So maybe the guy just didn't hear it. So he preached, you know, a little bit longer. Right at the end of the lesson, he asked it again. If you want to go to heaven, raise your hand. Everybody in the building raised their hand again, but that guy in the back did not do it again. So at the end of the service, they were all walking out, and he asked the gentleman, you know, he's a Christian? You know, don't you want to go to heaven? He said, oh, yes, I want to go to heaven. Then why didn't you raise your hand? He said, I thought you was taking a busload right now, and I don't want to go now. <laughs> That's the problem, though, isn't it? We, we want to go to heaven, but we don't want to go now. Isn't that the song? We want to go to heaven, but we don't want to go now. We, we still got so many ties to it right here and right now, but we don't want to go today. What motivates you to want to go to heaven? What should motivate you to be with God one day? Uh, I guess be what will we be doing in heaven? What will we be doing in heaven? One day, you're going to either call the obituary line or you're going to see in the paper, it'll be announced from here that I have passed away. That's a fact. It'll be a day coming that it was going to say that James has passed away. But I want to tell you something else that you will keep in mind if I will say it right here today. You don't believe a word of it. It's not that fact that, you know, that I'm going to live like that. I'm going to live, though. I just... Starting my real life then. I'm just going to start my real life at that point. It's so the fact that I'll be more alive than I have ever been in this life. I will be more alive. All I'm doing is going to change my address to another place, and then eventually I'm going to be with heaven with God. Another change of address. When we get to the end of our earthly journey, you're just beginning it. You actually just begin the real journey of life. Death is not the end of us. It's the beginning of us. Think about what Jesus said. He's trying to explain this unto Martha in John 11th chapter. He's trying to just get Martin Lazarus just died. Her brothers died, and yeah, Jesus sort of hesitated before he got there, you know, to let it happen. But he got there eventually. He's trying to comfort Martha. And the 25th verse, he says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Great question. Believest thou this? Do you believe this, Martha? Do you believe this, James? 
Oh, absolutely. I believe it. I live it to be true. That death is not the end. It is the beginning. It is absolutely the beginning of our life. We made a completion of the life here upon the earth. But now we, we start the job we were intended to do at that point. Heaven's a real place. I pray that you live your life in that fashion. I think sometimes children believe that heaven is real more than we do in adults because we just sort of get caught up in life after a while and <clears throat> get caught up in things and we just sort of push it to the side after a while. But heaven... It's not a place where it's just overwhelmingly, it's a beautiful place, and don't get me wrong with what I'm saying here, but it's not just to fill our physical desires. That's not what heaven is based about. Many times I, and even I, when I talk about heaven, I'll do this, I'm pointing up, and then, you know, because Jesus is coming back in the clouds, we're pointing to the sky in that fashion right there, but it's not of this realm, it's not of this universe, it's nothing of this. Here, this is going to be gone one day. Many talk about heaven and they say, well, I don't want to go there. All you do is lay in a cloud and play a harp all day. I don't want to be a part of that in that fashion. And we got false ideas about heaven. We totally got false ideas about heaven. Heaven is real. I want to be there. I want you to be there also. I want to go, and I'm going to tell you what, sadly, there's going to be people that will not go among us. They will not go because you have chosen not to go. There's people who make, literally, and I have talked to people, and it's sad on this part of it, they make a choice and say they, will go, they want to go to hell. I cannot fathom it. I absolutely cannot fathom it because you don't understand what you're saying. You don't understand the depth of what you're saying when you say something like that. But also there's a group of people <coughs> to the fact that we live our life in such a fashion that we're not going to heaven. So what's the other side of the story? If you're not going to heaven, you're going to hell. That's the other choice in the matter right there. Many think that by going to hell, they picture it. Hell is the party place that we're going to party with Satan throughout eternity. Hell is the place of torments where you will be crying, gnashing your teeth in pain for eternity. That's what the Bible tells us. I know heaven is real. I know hell is real. I want all of us to be in heaven together. Uh, we need to reflect upon what the Bible says about that. that the fact, even as we live through each and every day of this life, the Lord created this earth as a mature earth. And it's been in decline ever since. It was created mature. It's in a decline. It's, it's made mature. Uh, the earth is going to pass away one day. It's going to be gone one day when the Lord Jesus Christ returns. Heaven is the reality. This is where we're going. This is what we're to be living for. The book of Revelation talks so much about heaven. Uh, other books talk about it, but it gives us a little bit more, I guess, deeper insight. Because John gets a peek into heaven right there. We think more about 
when you read about in Revelation 21 and 22, when you think about a lot about heaven there. But today's lesson is going to be more focused as we read together with Brother Jason out of Revelation, the 7th chapter. Revelation, the 7th chapter, eight verses there. The Apostle John pulls back as God has allowed him to pull back and give us all a peek into heaven and what is awaiting for us from the Almighty God. He begins, and I'm just going to look at three topics real quickly here. The first topic of what you see there is heaven is a vast community of God's believers, of his children there. It is a vast community that is together there. Uh, paraphrasing some of the verses 9 through 12, it talks about there's a great community, a multitude of people that will be there. It's of every nation, tribe, language that would be there, of peoples of the earth that will be gathered together. We will be sitting there and worshiping God in our white robes. Those who have been washing the blood of the Lamb with our palm branches. And these are symbolic things, some of this. And we're going to be worshiping with the angels of God in heaven, the elders and the beast there. We will fall down before the Lamb and worship the Almighty God. Giving him all honor, giving him all praise in all things. When you read these verses there, 9 through 12, it gives you a great glimpse into the fact, first of all, I think about the number. I think a lot about the number of the multitude, the vast multitude. You can't number them as he talks about. The Bible tells us many are called, but few are chosen. Few choose to go to heaven. But even the few that choose to go to heaven as uh, John Revelator is telling us it is a vast multitude of people of God that's going to heaven. It is a vast multitude that James, I, I can't count everybody. I don't have to count too high and I won't be able to count anyway, but uh, I can't count everybody that's there. When you compare, it's small though when compared when every, you think about persons that have lived, people that have lived on this earth, that have lived throughout all time. It's small in comparison to that number. Oh, it's very small. Also look at the variety of people that's going to be in heaven. It's saints of God from every nation of the earth that has ever lived here upon the earth. Every people, every tribe, every language. Meaning to the fact it is just not the nation of Israel. And it's not just people here in the United States that's going to heaven. It's all peoples have opportunity to be with God. Also notice the composure. They're in their white robes. Symbol of purity with their palm branches. You know, even as Jesus entered in Jerusalem, it is signs of victory. Victory unto God. The palm branches into their hands. And they're singing the song. They're singing the great salvation song. Singing about the salvation that comes from God and the Lamb. And the saints are rejoicing. I hear people talk sometimes that 
such as we have the singing night once a month. People don't like come singing night or don't like singing. Well, I'm going to tell you, if you want to be in heaven, you're going to do a lot of it. It's your heart so bubbling over. It's a great part of worship as we, as Brother Jason today was leading us in it. Our hearts are bubbling over to God. It's something, a part of worship that we all are a part of at the same time also. It's one aspect of worship there. But let's sing in praises to the God and the Almighty Lamb. What can we learn about this great multitude of people that assembled there? It's teaching us a great lesson. Sometimes I get discouraged when I look at the news. I look at bad things that happen. God's given us a great insight into this right here. And it's, if you'll know the secret of it, God wins. It's not a secret though. I'm sometimes you get to looking at a book and... I start over in Revelation, excuse me, over in Genesis, and I'm at Genesis 3, and oops, we have committed sin. I'm reading at the very beginning <coughs> how we're going to deal with Well, I can look over into the book of Revelation, and I get the end of the story also. We will overcome. We will overcome because my Savior has overcome. I will overcome because of Him. I will live forevermore. He wins. I win. We overcome by the cross of Jesus Christ. He's shown us there the victory is the Lord's there. What kind of salvation will it be? We'll be saved. We'll be in heaven with our almighty God there. It's estimated there's like 17, 18,000 groups of people on the earth. And what I mean by groups is, we'd say Jackson County is a group. You know, we might have a distinct dialect, and I can tell you right now, I'm very southern. I, it's, it's just, that's me. I can't get around it. Uh, I, I'm very distinct in my part of it. Uh, but there's like 18,000 groups of people, peoples on the earth at any given time versus what about the 8, 9 million, billion that is on the earth at the same time there. In heaven, every group of people has got an opportunity to be with God. Every people that has ever lived here upon the earth will have an opportunity to be with God and can be with God because heaven is built that big for everybody to be there. People from all groups of all places can be there. When John says every person, you know, from tongues, languages, kindreds, whatever, they had the opportunity to be with God. It ought to teach us about the great power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the greatness of God's heart as he's reaching out to each and every one of us. We all have this, sometimes this prejudice that we have, that we allow it to divide us. God's heart's bigger than any prejudice of man. Sometimes we have prejudice based on race and other things in this life. Uh, it's not going to happen in heaven. God's heart's bigger than all of that. God's heart is bigger than that. It shouldn't be happening here upon the earth. And uh, 
we can rise above that with your love that you have for God and your fellow man. You can, we can be better than this here. Uh, there's no room for that and that hatred within heaven there. Sometimes when you look at the scorecard and, you know, I'm looking at the news again sometimes and I look at, are we losing? No, we're not losing. God does not lose. He has not and will not lose in any of this there. You can choose where you're going, though, but God doesn't lose. God does not lose. God can do all things. It's just you and I are limited in our imagination of what God can do. There is no borders with God there. There is nothing. We put the borders there. We put the limits to everything there. Also, I see when I look at these verses in verse 9, I see the great multitude, I see the great number, I see the great kindred languages and everything else, but I see the individuality of the people that are in heaven. I see the individuality of it, that in spite of whatever this is going on and I go through in this earth, there are some individual aspects of me still retained in heaven. And what I'm saying there, will we know each other in heaven? That's sort of a thought that comes into that. With that verse, and I can't answer everything, but this is a verse here that shows more toward that thought that you would. Because it shows there is individuality. How John know any other way that there's different kindreds and people of the earth and heaven in this there. It'd be great to know your loved ones in heaven. That's what we live for in this life here. If I have a goal in my life, uh, I want all my family to go to heaven. Absolutely. I want my family to go to heaven. I want it to keep branching out from my family too. That is, I, what's the song? Uh, will the circle be unbroken? I don't want it to be unbroken. I want my family, I want just, when I leave here in this life, I'm just going to join the greater family after this and just go to await the rest of them to be there in this. I think that's what we all hope and our desire to be. I have no greater thing than when I, we started coming here to McCornsville, uh, where we sit back there, to be able to sit surrounded by my family. I can't not think nothing greater. I'm always too, and as most men are, as I look back through here, most of us men, we're on the, we call it the end of the benchers. We got the end of the bench, sort of lined up. Well, I sort of had to get in the middle on this one. I got in the middle, but I'm going to tell you what, I love every minute of it. Because when you get in the middle, I get surrounded that way. I sort of just got surrounded by the family that way, and I love every minute of it. That's the thought I want to have that carries me to heaven. I want to be surrounded by my family, always. I always want to be with my family. I want to encourage the fact that my family goes to heaven, that we can be together throughout all eternity. Looking at verses 13 to 14, I'm going back to Revelation 7th chapter. He talks about there, you know, there's an other, the other side of suffering. 
I know the suffering you may endure right now, but there is the other side of suffering out there. The elders come to him and asked him, uh, those in the white robes, who are they? And where'd they come from? And, of course, it's sort of rhetorical how it's going about. And John's answering, well, sir, you know. And he answers the question. These are the ones that came out of tribulation. Uh, they had their robes washed white, made white in the blood of the Lamb. <coughs> they come through the great tribulation. You can start reading about that some in the book of Daniel. And I'm going to summarize it instead of getting into very long aspects of the tribulation here. When Jesus left and went back to heaven, you've been in that great tribulation period, the last days and those type thoughts, uh, especially what he's talking about here in the seventh chapter. Uh, you're in that time period right there. Meaning, in fact, uh, many times we talk about living in a valley of tears and sorrows here upon the earth. When we get to heaven, we've all got a story. I'll tell you what, Paul's going to have a big one to tell, and I cannot wait to hear it. We read part of it, but I cannot wait to worship beside of Paul and hear the rest of that story he's got to tell. Because it's going to be stories about some that are persecuted, some of you who have been sick, somebody's been alone, been forgotten, abandoned, mistreated, untimely death that has taken place with our loved ones and all other forms of abuse and heartache that has come about there. We all have our different stories. We all have the great tribulations that we go through in this life that's replaced by the great light of God. Sometimes I often wonder, well, why did this... Why did this happen? You know, God's going to let me know one day. I'm going to say probably when I get to heaven, it doesn't matter. I probably, it won't ever be a question because it won't ever matter after that. And that aspect. The road here in this life is steep. It's a hard journey getting to heaven. Death is cold and deep. And, but make sure of this one fact. We are God's sheep, and you know what? God gets them across to the other side. If you remain in the fold, he will get you across to the other side. He doesn't lose sheep. He finds sheep. Now think about that for a moment. Who is going to heaven? This is the ultimate question, what these verses are trying to point out right there. Our garments can be soiled with stains of sin in this life, and we're burdened with everything that Satan throws upon us. But in heaven, I can, I can go to heaven because I'm clean and washed with the blood of the lamb. I can walk with the sacrificed lamb in that celestial city. Looking at the concluding verses there, starting in verse 15 through 17, we can experience things that you'll never find here in this life. You experience things that you will never had in this life or never will, you know, in that life. I am going to be before the throne of God. I will worship him every day, day and night, day and night. I will be with him. I will worship the one who sits on the throne. I will never hunger again. I will never thirst again. 
The sun will not scorch down upon me. I will not be sunburned. I will not get hot. I do get hot. But I will never be hot because the lamb is at the center of the throne. He is our shepherd. He is our shepherd. If you've got the new, uh, King James Version, he says he, he feeds them. New King James puts it as shepherd, meaning same thing right there. He will lead them to springs of water, and God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. That is the final picture in this section about heaven right there. We're going to be gathered around God's throne. And think about what a great honor it is. Though there's innumerable people that is around us, his throne. Now, God knows how many there is. Uh, it's innumerable to me how many is around the throne. Every position, because you can be around the throne of God, you are privileged. You're blessed beyond measure. Because that's a place of honor. That is a place of honor that you can serve him day and night. There. You might think, well, you know, you might get tired after a while. Uh, the more you serve him, the stronger you get. That's a fact in heaven. The more you serve him, the stronger you get. We can mount up on wings of eagles, as the Bible says right there. We will not grow weary. We will walk. We will not faint, as it tells us. Now, in this life, I can work a while, and I've got to do some, I'll call it, i got to rest some while. I've got to rest. It seems like rest gets longer than work at times now. Uh, I don't have to do that in heaven. I can serve without stopping. I can serve God without stopping here because I keep getting stronger by his power, I keep getting stronger. I will, my strength turns to joy in the service of God. We will serve him in his temple, meaning I serve him in his very presence. I serve him. There will not be a second-class citizen. There won't be something standing on the outside like the temple in Jerusalem. No, there is everybody's in there. Everybody will be there. You know, as the Bible tells us, we walk by faith and not by sight. There you will literally be by sight. Because God is in our midst there. He is in our midst. He supplies everything we want. Psalm, the 23rd chapter, verse 1, it says there about our God, our Lord. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. There is no, I have, in this life, I have no reason to look elsewhere and there, he supplies everything that I ever want. And yes, no tears in heaven. No tears. Can you imagine a world without tears? I have said this before. Uh, I know Brother Jamie has helped many of a funeral, and Brother Dwayne probably a lot more than I'll ever hold. I've helped quite a few. Uh, I pray for the day I never have to hold another funeral. I'll just be honest with you. I pray for that day. That I don't have to help others through with the sorrows that they're facing. Because I, I may not be crying on the outside when I'm there with you that day, but I'm, I'm broke apart and crying on the inside. 
as I feel your pain, I feel the sorrow that you're going through, and I long for today that you don't have to feel it neither, and I don't have to preach another funeral. I long for that day, that we're all alive in the presence of God. No pain, no tears, no funerals. There's three things that briefly he states here that will not happen. We will not grow weary. We will not suffer. We will not cry. Only, not only just that, God gets personally involved in this. God will wipe away your tears. It's not somebody else. God will wipe away your tears from your eyes. This is a great truth from the book of Revelation about heaven. I know Revelation has a lot about, I'll call it the negative aspect. Heaven is not this. Heaven is not that. Heaven, you do not have tears in heaven. Heaven, you do not have sorrow. Heaven, there is no curse. But you put all the negatives, you see how great the positive is of heaven. And I'm going to tell you one other one. Best of all, no goodbyes. I said goodbye too many times in my life. You have to. You may have to a lot more than I have too. Uh, no more goodbyes. I hate those also. I hate goodbyes. Christians, oh, we never really say goodbye. We just say, so long, I'll see you later, really. So, let's think about heaven for just more, just a moment. Many picture the fact about heaven, that heaven is going to be just about the boringest place you could ever be. It could be about the boringest place it could ever be. That's many state to the fact, well, it sounds like it's just one big long church service to me. Just like one big long church service, and well, who's wanting to go church forever? Then we got an attitude problem here. We already got an attitude problem. Because we're not thinking through it right. I have lived my life, and as I keep getting older and older. I live my life in the fact I can't wait to get there. Absolutely cannot wait to be there with God. Serve him for eternity. What will the saints do in heaven? I would say that stand before God. And I think for momentarily we might stand before God. And I even preach that we will stand before the almighty God one day. I'm going to tell you more likely we're going to be on the floor in front of the almighty God. As he talks about here, we will be, as he says, on our faces before the almighty God in worship of him and service of him. We will be celebrating the greatest victory of God. We'll celebrate his great victory. We will serve him in his temple there. We will surround the throne of the almighty God. We will follow the lamb everywhere that he goes. I want to be right by him. I want to be right by him. I will never be bored serving God. I will never be Bored serving the creator of the universe. I will never come to the end of knowing everything I can ever know about God. Never will. Never will. Because I will hunger in that fashion for more. In fact, what he says here, I will never hunger. So he fulfills that desire of mine. He will fulfill every bit of that desire. All the talents you have, God's going to give you opportunity to fulfill every bit of this right here. You will be in praise and singing to the Almighty God all the time. Blessed be his name. 
That's why when we talk about death, it's, death is a sad occasion because we, we're separation and breaking ties here upon the earth, but it's a blessed thing for the saints of God. It's absolutely a blessed thing for the saints of God because we're starting the next, what we're really here for. That's what we're starting, what we're really here for. I guess that gets down to the biggest question, where will you be? Where will you be? Where will you be one day? Will you be in heaven spending time in eternity with God? Or it's your choice now, or in hell. I ain't, I'm going to not cut dry and make it other words. It's hell. That's what it is right there. Death is not the end for the believer. It's the beginning of a new life with Jesus Christ our Lord that we can be with him and serve him throughout eternity. But you've got to know him here or you will not know him in eternity there. Will you be there with our God one day? Will you be there and surround his throne and I just can't put enough words. John, as he rips back a little bit and shows us a peak of heaven there, it is so great and so glorious. It's beyond comparison. Will you be there one day? Will you be with the Almighty God and serve Him in heaven? We just got to prepare our lives. We got to be ready for that day. You got to be, what did we just read a moment ago? Those that are there, their robes are white because they've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. You want me to answer how simple that is? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you been washed in baptism? Contacting the blood of Jesus Christ. That is my prayer for you today. That you come and obey Him. Uh, you've heard the word. You've known the word of God. Believe it all. Believe and act upon Have faith and act upon it today. Repenting of your sins, confessing him for man and God that he's the son of the living God and be buried with him in the water grave of baptism for the remission of your sins. Living faithfully to him, worry in baptism. You're washed and you're cleansed by his blood. I'm not going to give you false illusions. We, we stumble and fall sometimes. We all have. We stumble and fall. No need staying in your sins. Come out of them. Come repent of your sins. Confess them unto God and pray unto Him. It's something of public nature. We got a room full of people here today that wants to bow their heads and pray for you today. More than willing to pray for you. Were you ready to assemble in heaven? Be around the throne of God with the great throne of all time surrounding us. Are you ready? But I guess the question is, are you prepared? Are you prepared to go? Today, if you're not, this is the day, this is the time. Make your life ready and obey the Lord today. Whatever condition you might be in, as we stand as we sing.